Let's dive into um, our teaching, continuing our teaching series, uh, which we started last week with a great introduction. It's fantastic to hear so many stories. What's the dream? What is the dream? I prepared these notes on day nine and day ten of having had COVID. I was uh, incredibly lonely at home. In all seriousness, it was really, really lonely. I hated it. If you know me, you know that I'm an extrovert. I love being with people. I love um, just hanging out or whatever it might be. And to be on my own for that amount of time was really, really difficult. And um, it's really from that position that I want to speak. I want to speak about loneliness. And we've all felt the pain of loneliness over the last couple of years. Some of you will remember this. I did this as an online teaching months and months ago. I had visited uh, Jim and Dina Nimick, and uh, Dina, as many of you know, is the most incredible woman who, um, despite um, physical limitations, doesn't let that affect her at all and lives just the most incredible, fulfilled and godly life, reaching out to other people and helping so many people. And, um, and she said to me, after the first, during the first lockdown, when things began to kind of emerge and we were allowed to kind of get out and about again, and she said to me, oh no, no Lord, just a little bit longer. Can we just, just wait and be isolated for a little bit longer in our homes? I was like, you're a mad woman. What are you talking about? I want to flip and get out and about. And she's like, no, no, we need to feel and experience what millions of people experience. There are a whole bunch of people in society, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, who uh, what we had experienced momentarily, that is their life. Being restricted from being able to come and go as we please. And by experiencing it ourselves, we begin to Share in, oh my goodness, is that what it feels like to be alone? What is the dream? What is the dream? Uh, and this is what we're looking at over the next number of weeks. This morning I want to talk about this simple word, which or simple phrase. The dream is seeing the lonely set in families. The psalmist writes this. Sing to God, sing praise of his name, extol him. Who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless. A defender of widows. Is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with sin. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Loneliness can be a killer. Literally. Um, some research says this. Loneliness is likely to increase your risk of death by 26%. Loneliness, living alone, poor social connections are as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is worse for you than obesity. Loneliness and social isolation are associated with an increased risk of developing coronary heart disease and stroke. It increases the risk of high blood pressure. 
Loneliness with severe depression is associated with early mortality. And loneliness and social isolation put individuals at greater risk of cognitive decline and dementia. In 2018, uh, Westminster appointed a minister for loneliness. And recently, in some of the reading I was doing, they're trying to adopt a similar thing here in Stormont to appoint someone in a position of uh, overseeing uh, and helping and working towards social isolation. Some of you were in this very room um, three or so years ago uh, when we had what was known as redeeming our communities. It was a rock conversation. There were round tables and there were people from churches, from business, from uh, politicians, from social services, uh, education, community leaders gathered together here. And it was a conversation where we unpacked what are the greatest needs of our town. And four of them were highlighted. One of them was a lack of communication of all that is going on within our community. No real joined up thinking and, um, and cohesiveness in terms of what group was doing, etc., etc. That was the first one. The second was a distinct need for our young people, our teenagers within our town. I am delighted to tell you, by the way, that we are one of four churches that have signed up uh, to uh, try to pioneer uh, what is known as Street Pastors. Street Pastors is a, is a brilliant, brilliant ministry which uh, recruits uh, really good folks that will go out onto the streets and befriend and draw alongside people uh, who are vulnerable. Those of you who live in Carrickfergus, you will know that Fridays and especially Saturdays from about five o'clock onwards, onwards, uh, that teenagers gather in large groups, in large numbers, in different parts of our community, mainly along Prince Andrew Way, up into Oakfield Glen, down towards uh, Taylor's Avenue and what have you. And many of them drinking, taking drugs, other risk-taking behavior. And we, as a church community with three other churches, want to uh, to meet that need and actually do something about it instead of driving past and go, oh, God love them and oh, their parents, they don't know what they're doing and, and judging a point that we want to actually put people on the ground and meet a distinct need within our community. That's not in the notes. I don't even know why I'm telling you. The third thing of the four things from that rock conversation was mental well-being. That there's a there's a, a need, a significant need in our community, in the whole area of mental and emotional well-being, which is a distinct um, value of who we are as a church. And we're going to speak about that in the next number of weeks as we talk about what the dream is. The fourth one, which was highlighted in that conversation that we had here, was social isolation that there are significant numbers of people in the population of 30,000 in Carrickfergus and the surrounding areas of people who feel and are socially isolated. What's the dream? Seeing the lonely set in families. What does it mean? What does that look like? What's it going to take? Perhaps we need to begin by asking these questions. Who are the lonely? Where are the lonely? They're everywhere. They're neighbours. 
who live beside us on our streets. They're in Tesco's. They come into the town centre here. They wander the streets. They're in our nursing homes, our care homes. They're in the local pubs. They're in the school playground, the leisure centre, the Lockshaw Hotel. They're in prisons, literally. They're in the park. They walk the promenade. They're in our own families and they're in our own church family. Some are more obvious than others. They're men, they're women, they're boys, they're girls, they're rich, they're poor, they're from all kinds of backgrounds. In particular, there are some obvious um, categories, um, circumstances that people find themselves in. In particular, they are the elderly, the unemployed, those with disability, depression, anxiety, people who are fearful, whole manner of other um, mental illnesses. The marginalised, the ostracised, those wrestling with gender and or sexual orientation, the ethnic minorities and a whole other forms of social differences, the list goes on. In Jesus' day, it was no different. There were people who were shunned by society. There were people uh, with all kinds of differences that were outcasts and lived with various stigmas, often related to the Jewish law and to the, the practices of God's people. Those were, in particular, children, women, orphans, widows, other neighboring uh, people like the Samaritan people. And we read of stories of how Jesus deliberately went out of his way to draw alongside some of these folks. The woman of Samaria, the heat of the day, has this God-ordained conversation with this woman. The demoniac called Legion, the woman who was subject to bleeding, actually came to him. The paralytic at the pool of Siloam, Consider some of Jesus' closest disciples, his friends. The fishermen, not considered society's higher class. Matthew possibly would have had no friends except maybe other tax collectors. The passage from Psalms that we met, that we read earlier. A father to the fatherless, the defender of widows, his God in his holy dwelling, God sets the lonely in families. James writes, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. What's it going to take, church? What's it going to mean for us to set the lonely into families? What is it that God's prompting you about, speaking to you about. Right now, we watch on our TV screens just the horror of war in Ukraine. It is estimated that 12 million people have been dispersed from their own land, that they have left 
their own country, their own community, their own home. Just imagine for one second leaving, packing up your home right now and taking what you can take with you, going, thinking I may never return. It doesn't bear thinking about for ourselves. 12 million people dispersed, pouring out of that country and pouring into the surrounding nations. And what I love about what I've seen is how hospitable and how incredibly generous other European nations have responded to that. It's been utterly astounding and incredible. And I'm sure many of you will have seen on the TV families, individuals opening their own homes to house and welcome other families from abroad and welcoming them. It's just been absolutely stunning and incredible and wonderful. And it has made me think of two things. One, why have we not responded to that where we've seen war in other nations to the same degree? It's a question. And the second is, we have people who are isolated in our own communities. And I'm not for one second saying we need to bring people in and live with us and house them. Although maybe that is for some people, for the orphans in particular, for those who need adopted and fostering. And that is another thing that makes us us. That's why we profile the incredible work of, uh, they're so good that I've forgotten their name, for Home for Good. We want to see those people that are, uh, for one reason or another, can't have mum and dad look after them. They are literally set in families. I've lost myself in my notes, so be patient. When I had um, COVID for all of 10 days, oh my goodness, I'm going to make myself sound like a martyr here. Um, I was so encouraged by people that sent me messages and uh, rang me and brought me dinner. Thanks, Diane. <laughs> Bye, Tommy. It's just so nice to know that people care. People were concerned, loved me, wanted to, you know, Everyone needs someone. Everyone needs others around. And part of what God calls us to be is to be the family, to love, to draw alongside, to create space, to love one another. One of our core values is community. We demonstrate that through our life groups, through various ministries, through events, through things that we do that we put on and we're so delighted that many of you come and it is our job and it is our role to do that but it doesn't stop there because so much of community and so much of family goes on in your homes in your uh, coffee meetups with one another as you text someone saying hey how you doing you didn't see yourself recently why don't we chat why don't we go for a walk together so proud of who we are as a church, that we are a, a generous people, that we are a, a people of hospitality. 
uh, we have benefited and blessed, been so blessed. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. The last two nights, Friday and Saturday night, we were out with friends for a meal in other people's homes. And it's so wonderful that we can do that again. And my encouragement to you is this, is that if you have a house or a home of some description, is use it for the sake of other people. Open it up. Invite someone over and be hospitable. We have lived during a season where we could not do that. We can now do that. We are moving into the better weather. So all those of you that did your garden makeover during the last two years, and you spent loads of money on it, and you, you dressed it all up, made it all nice, why don't you use it? to invite someone over and let's benefit from that better weather don't wait to be invited be the person to do the inviting our friends in Antrim Coast Vineyard that one of the things that they say often is that they're making room for another there's lots of chairs still available here in the room the balcony still today is actually free we've usually two or three up there Let's make room, there's space, but let us be a hospitable people, that we welcome people into the family. They feel like they belong. Let us go beyond just inviting one another, people that we like, people that we know, people that possibly might invite us back. Let's do what Jesus taught. He one day was at a Pharisee's home, a religious leader, and he was so, in some ways, indignant and um, potentially rude in that, in that context. He has been invited to a Pharisee's home with all these other religious leaders. And uh, he's there sitting, reclining, benefiting. And he points out a number of things, and this is one of the things that he says. Jesus says to the host, imagine we said this to our friends last night who we went round. When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. It's going beyond, isn't it? I love it when you invite us over for tea. I love it when we have you, some of you, over to our house. But the next step is actually inviting those folks in our community around. I'd love to hear some stories of what might happen there. So what's the dream? The dream is that the isolated are set into families, that people feel like they belong. And my question really to us this morning is, what's God saying to you as you dream, as you consider this? How does the, where does the rubber hit the road for you this morning? And maybe it is that we as a church community do something together, something specific, 
with two incredible buildings around the corner. They're used often, but there's still space and there's still time for them to be used. Your own homes, the time that you have, be it at home or be it at work, that we would draw alongside, that we would see the lonely, and that we would welcome them, that they might feel like they belong.